Hello and welcome to episode number 75 of the AFTV newscast being recorded March 24th, 2017. My name is Elias Saba and I run AFTVnews.com and this is where I talk about the week's fire TV news and we've got a pretty good episode this week in my opinion because we've got our first uh, first look, first glimpse, first leak of the next generation fire TV device um, or a next generation fire TV device. We don't know if it's the only one but we know quite a bit about it. If you listen to the very end of last week's episode, which most of you don't, I, I understand why, you know, my episodes are usually about an hour long and not everybody sticks around to the very end. But for those of you who did stick around to the very end, you got that little tease and I said that I was going to basically post about the next gen device uh, on Monday, which I did this week. So we'll definitely be talking about that in complete detail, everything we know about it, as well as some speculation on things that we don't know about it, you know, as far as the OS and when it might be coming out and pricing and that sort of stuff. So it should be a good episode as far as Fire TV news goes. Uh, we've definitely got some other news to talk about, also some deals, some uh, Fire TV devices in India. It's a Cody update. So it definitely should be a good episode. Uh, as always, just kind of blanket warning here. If you're watching through your Fire TV or through speakers where you have an echo or a tap or some kind of Alexa device that can hear me speak, it's probably a good idea to mute that device. Uh, we don't have too much Alexa news this week, but still we'll mention the A word a few times and it'll probably be a good idea to mute those devices. Let's go ahead and jump into that first big news topic of the week. Uh, like I said, I, I posted an exclusive on Monday, basically detailing some new information or the first information we know about next generation Fire TV devices. Now, I'm specifically not saying the Fire TV 3 because this is most likely not the Fire TV 3, although we don't know 100% for sure. So this new device appears to be a mid-tier Fire TV device that is capable of 4K at 60 frames per second. That's different than the Fire TV 2, which is currently capable of 4K at only 30 frames per second. Uh, this new device appears to be HDR also, and it will have a brand new operating system based on Android 7. The current Fire TV operating systems are based on Android 5.1, so this is a pretty big jump up to basically the latest uh, 7.1 version of Android that's, that's out right now. Now, before we get into the little nitty-gritty details of this new device, I do want to mention where this information is coming from, and that is from a leaked benchmark that I discovered over the weekend, and then I kind of did a little more digging with that new information and got a little more confirmation about that and, and some specs about it. So um, I did notice that I think somebody on the, the Reddit, the subreddit, the Fire TV subreddit, posted my article with the, uh, with the title, like, Hardware Speculation. I just want to say this is not speculation. This is from a link leaked benchmark. In my opinion, this device 100% exists within Amazon. It's being worked on. It's being tested. And I mean, I, I would be absolutely shocked that this was not released later this year at some point. So this, in my opinion, is a leak. It's a new device and we should see it released hopefully near the end of the year. That's that's my best guess. But we'll get into uh, actual release date, release uh, price and that sort of stuff later after we, we go through the actual specs and what we know, you know, hard, hard evidence, hard stuff that we know about. So I as I mentioned, this is a mid-tier device, and I say that because of the, the specs and just what we know about it. Uh, in my opinion, this, this I don't know 100%, but in my opinion, I think this will be released, or when it does get released, it will be uh, in the middle between the current Fire TV Stick 2 and the current Fire TV 2. So that's why I don't think this is a replacement for the Fire TV 2, you know, also called a Fire TV 3, but I think this is a new device that'll kind of fit in the middle of the two. It 
mostly has specs that are weaker than the current Fire TV 2, and that's the main reason why I don't think it's a replacement for the Fire TV 2. The biggest thing that it has going for it over the Fire TV 2 is that 4K at 60 frames per second, like I said, 4K at 30 is what the Fire TV 2 is capable of. And this device looks to be HDR compatible also. So uh, high dynamic range video. We've talked about that in the past. I won't go into details on what that is exactly. But this device definitely will trump the Fire TV 2 in that regard. But it's not going to, you know, basically just blow it out of the water and be a complete replacement for that. So there is still a place for the Fire TV 2. Now there could be another new device called, you know, another Fire TV 3 that might be launched alongside this or very recently after this that we don't know for sure so don't get your you know your hopes down that you were hoping for a fire tv3 and this device is going to come out and there's never going to be a fire tv3 i don't think that's the case uh personally i think there likely is another fire tv device these two new devices will probably be launched together or very close to each other you know again near the end of this year but it is also possible that this device will come out and the Fire TV Stick 2 and the Fire TV 2 will remain on Amazon, you know, so it'll be a lineup of these three devices. So in my opinion, it seems like this new device uh, slots in basically in the spot where uh, it would be the cheapest 4K HDR streaming device on the market. I think I think that's the purpose of this device. You know, when I posted this article, there's a, a, a great discussion in the comments. I strongly recommend you guys to read in the comments. I've I've chimed in a lot in there with a lot of my own thoughts and opinions on it. You know, stuff that I probably won't even have time to go over here in this podcast episode. So I definitely recommend you guys read through those comments if you want to learn more. You want to know what's going on a little bit more than what I've already written in the article itself. But a lot of people were wondering, you know, what's the point of this device? Why are they even making this device if it is in fact a mid-tier device? You've already got the Fire TV Stick where that's the cheap device, you know, for the people who don't want to spend too much and just want to get a good streaming device. And then you've got kind of the flagship device, which is the Fire TV 2. And that has everything, has all the bells and whistles. So why make this device? And I think uh, currently the way the, the, the Fire TV lineup is, if you don't care about gaming and you don't care about 4k you've got the fire tv stick uh, if you do care about gaming and you do care about 4k you've got the fire tv 2 but what if you care about 4k but don't care about the gaming aspect and i think that's where this new device it, you know fits in perfectly and i think that category of person who cares about 4k doesn't really care about gaming is is a big category and it's going to just skyrocket it's going to grow as 4k tvs you know more of them get sold more of them get into homes uh I, somebody asked in the comments about the stats on 4k television penetration so i, I kind of did a quick search and it looks like right now between 20 and 30 percent of homes have a 4k tv and i think it, they're estimating by 2020 it's going to be only at like 50 percent so that number is just going to keep growing and i think this new device probably will replace the fire tv stick at some point i don't think it is a current replacement for the fire tv stick just because there is still a huge market for just a simple 1080p streaming stick for as cheap as possible and that's exactly what the fire tv stick is and the fire tv stick outsells the fire tv itself so it, it kind of makes sense I, this is kind of how i ended this article but i'm kind of starting the, the talk about it uh, this way because i think uh, it makes sense for amazon to kind of focus on a product that appeals to the fire tv stick buyers more than the fire tv buyers right now and so this product it has slightly better specs than the fire tv stick but again doesn't have the gaming aspects uh, which we'll talk about in, in detail but you know it does have that 4k and hdr and so those who are buying those new tvs but don't really care about gaming don't really care about all the bells and whistles that the fire tv has and maybe even the fire tv 3 is going to have 
this new device is probably, uh, you know, kind of that, that sweet spot uh, missing aspect of, of the Fire TV line. And that's why I think the main purpose of it is. So Ralph has a very good uh, kind of statement or point here. He says, if that new Fire TV device, oh, Ralph was chiming in here on Twitter, by the way, live. If that new Fire TV device has weaker specs, I'm surprised that the Fire TV 2 can't do 4K at 60 FPS only at 30 FPS. I saw that come up a few times in the comments section. Um, so I might as well just address that right now. So the video playback capabilities of a device, you know, whether it can do 4K, whether it could do HDR, whether it could do 60 frames per second or only 30 frames per second, those are not determined by the clock speed and how powerful the CPU is or even the GPU. Uh, they really have nothing to do with that. I've talked about this in the past. I created a little video. I'll link it down below that kind of highlights this exact uh, topic. Basically, all of these devices, all streaming devices have dedicated hardware aside from basically the CPU, aside from the GPU, dedicated hardware that all it does is decode video and streaming video that comes in gets decoded by this and then it can play that video using this hardware decoder. If these devices relied on their actual CPU or their actual GPU to decode this, this video that you're streaming in from it, they would need to be much, much more powerful. But because they have that hardware decoder, that is basically handing, handling all that very specific grunt work. And the CPU, the GPU, they just sit there idle almost doing nothing. All they're really doing is transferring the, the file from the stream, from the internet. Basically, they're downloading the file, passing it on to the hardware decoder. And so it all depends on what hardware decoder is inside the device. And so the Fire TV 2, Amazon selected a hardware decoder that was only capable of 4K at 30 frames per second. And they also selected to put in a uh, 1.4 version HDMI port, which also is only capable of 4K at 30 frames per second. So that's why that device, even though the Fire TV 2 has a stronger CPU, stronger GPU than this new mystery Fire TV device that I'm about to talk about, even though the Fire TV 2 technically has more raw horsepower, its hardware decoder is just not tailored towards a 4K at 60 frames per second or HDR. That's just how it was designed. So let's get into some of that nitty gritty detail about this new device and what we know for sure and what we uh, kind of will speculate to, to, you know, guess about, you know, give some pretty good guesses about what we don't know that people have been kind of wondering here. So first of all, uh, like I said, in the benchmark, that's the kind of biggest evidence we have of this. Uh, it was released. Uh, basically, there's this new benchmark that I discovered. It was posted about uh, a month ago. And since then, the device has been kind of benchmarked again about, I think, 10 times or so. And so on the benchmark, the device reports itself as an Amazon AFTN. And so that is what is completely telling that this is a Fire TV device. So that AFTN, that's what Amazon calls the uh, build model value. So AFT stands for Amazon Fire TV, uh, and all of the Fire TV models have a build value that starts with AFT. And then the last letter in that build value is basically the code name of the device. And so the first generation Fire TV was codenamed Bueller. So it has a, a build value of AFTB. And then the second gen Fire TV codenamed Sloan, it's AFTS. Uh, the stick was AFTM because its codename was Montoya. And the uh, new second gen Fire TV stick is AFTT because its code name is tank. And so this new device has AFTN as the build value and therefore its code name is, you know, I'm almost completely positive. It's going to start with an N. We don't know what that is right now. I kind of speculated that maybe they chose a code name that starts with an N because this device is 
going to be the first one to run Android 7 Nougat. Uh, I don't think Nougat is the actual code name of the device. Absolutely not. Uh, Amazon's code names usually have to do with movies. Um, you know, uh, Bueller was a reference to... Um, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, Tank is a reference to uh, Tank in uh, the Matrix movies. Sloane is Ferris Bueller's girlfriend in, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And Montoya is a, a reference to the Princess Bride. So but basically, N is going to be some kind of movie reference. You know, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, we don't know what that is right now, but really it doesn't really matter. I'm sure we'll we'll find it out eventually, at least when the, the device launches. Um, I, I like to keep track of these code names. They kind of, they're fun to, to see what Amazon is, uh, is doing as far as code names go. So now that we've got the uh, code name out of the way let's talk about the actual uh, guts in this thing that we know about so the cpu in this device is an amlogic brand cpu that uh, amazon has never really used an amlogic in any of their devices uh, we know it is a 1.5 gigahertz quad core cpu uh, based on the cortex a53 uh, arm version 8 architecture Based on that information, is most likely one of the Amlogic S905 line of CPUs. There, there's like four or so CPUs in that line, and I don't know for sure that it is one of those, but it's most likely one of those, just because those are the ones that fall, uh, you know, into the specs that we've discovered. Now, it's very possible it's a future CPU that, that Amlogic has not announced yet, but is working with Amazon and and you know basically put it in in there as one of the first devices to have a new CPU. We don't know for sure, uh, but to just to give you a reference the uh, amlogic s905 line of cpus those are the same cpus that you find inside of the the xiaomi mi box device um, that's the newest android tv box that got released i think last year near the end of last year or so so that CPU is paired with a Mali 450MP GPU inside. Uh, that is the same GPU that is actually found in the second generation Fire TV stick. So we're very familiar with that GPU. We know the capabilities there. Uh, thankfully, because it was a benchmark that actually leaked, we know pretty well how strong and how powerful this new uh, Fire TV N device is going to be. If you're watching the video version here, you can see this benchmark score uh, graph that we have here. And it shows that this new device, this new end device, is more powerful than the second generation Fire TV stick and uh, less powerful than the first generation Fire TV box. Uh, the Fire TV second generation box is, you know, roughly a little more than double the, you know, the actual raw gaming horsepower as this new device. So this, again, is why I don't think this is a replacement for that Fire TV box. I, I don't think, you know, some people in the comments speculated this, but I don't think personally that Amazon is giving up on the high-end flagship fire tv box and is giving up on gaming um, you know higher end gaming basically uh, because if this was in fact a replacement to the fire tv box then that's exactly what they would be doing and and while they don't seem to be focusing on gaming as much nowadays as they used to like when the first gen fire tv came out i still think it's a big part of the fire tv line i still think you know they've they've built it up this way they've got a very nice gaming library you know maybe not as nice as the nvidia shield which basically focuses on gaming first you know, before anything else. But I still think there's no reason to give up on gaming at this point. You know, there's, there's no reason not to have that flagship box. You know, at the very least, keep the Fire TV 2 in the lineup until they have the time to basically replace it with something better. But yeah, I think that's why this is a mid-tier device uh, slotting in right between the second-gen Fire TV stick and the Fire TV uh, 2 box. Um, and it is still less powerful than the Fire TV 1 box as far as gaming goes, at least. 
real quick, for those who may just be listening to the audio-only version, uh, I will describe this graph a little bit. So we've got the Fire TV Stick second generation coming in on this benchmark at 490 frames. The Amazon you know, AFTN new device comes in at 630 frames. And the first generation Fire TV box is 803 frames. And the second generation Fire TV box is 1,397 frames. So that gives you a, a rough aspect. Now, this benchmark, again, is for gaming capabilities specifically um most likely you know the the this new end device and the fire tv stick second generation they have the same gpu but the new device is slightly better benchmarking gaming scores even though they have the same gpu which is the main thing that these benchmarks test uh, this new device you know edges it out a little bit by roughly i think 28 percent is what i calculated uh, mostly because that cpu is more powerful it's a quad core 1.5 versus a quad core 1.3 on the second generation uh, fire tv stick so moving on to other aspects of this new end device uh, the benchmark reports that it has 1.5 gigabytes of memory uh, we don't know for sure if that is accurate though because a lot of times these uh, system on a chips the basically the cpu gpu combo they don't report all of the memory uh when a benchmark queries it because some of that memory is allocated to the gpu and then the, and they just don't report that as available memory so take the fire tv2 for example when you run this exact same benchmark on the fire tv2 that device has two gigabytes of memory but that benchmark will report that it has one and a half gigabytes of memory because Five, you know, half a gig basically is allocated to the GPU. And so this 1.5 gigabytes that the benchmark reports for this new Fire TV end device, we don't know if that's completely accurate, meaning it only has 1.5 gigabytes shared among the CPU and GPU, or if that 1.5 gigabytes is only for the CPU. If I were to guess, I would say this device has two gigabytes of memory and, you know, 512 or, or half a gig is allocated to the GPU and 1.5 is for the CPU. But either way, 1.5 or two gigabytes, it's more than the Fire TV Stick 2, uh, but either on par or a little bit less than the Fire TV 2 box. As far as internal storage on the device, we don't really know what's going on there, but we have a pretty good guess. The uh, benchmarking score will report how much internal memory is available. And I think it's right around four, four point something. Uh, here it is, 4.4 gigabytes available. That's what the benchmark is reporting. And based on that, my guess is that it, this thing has eight gigabytes of internal memory uh, or internal storage, just like all of the other Fire TV and Fire TV Stick models. Basically because when you account for what the uh, actual operating system is using you usually have a little bit over five gigabytes free and then you know assuming this device has a few apps installed because it's being tested internally at amazon uh four four and a half to five is pretty much average for what you would see this benchmark report if there were eight gigabytes of memory in or internal storage and a little bit of that was being used by apps so that's pretty much what we know for sure about this device. Codename with an N, quad-core 1.5 gigahertz processor, Mali 450 GPU, which is pretty much on par with the Fire TV Stick 2. So it'll be able to play most of the Fire TV games, but not those you know higher-end 3D games that you can only play on the Fire TV 2 box. Uh, it's got 1.5 gigabytes of RAM at least, but probably 2 gigabytes, and most likely 8 gigabytes of internal storage. 4K at 60 frames per second based on that CPU or system on a chip specs that I was able to uncover uh, and HDR capable also because that's what that CPU can do. 
So now let's move into a little bit of speculation, a little bit of, you know, educated guesses on, on this device that we don't know about, but people really want to know. So first of all, because this slots in between the Fire TV stick and the Fire TV box, or, or what I think it slots in, I have a good feeling that this is going to be a, a dongle-like device, meaning it has an HDMI, you know, plug attached to it. It's not a box that sits on a shelf and you plug an HDMI cable in and plug that into the TV. I think this device is going to be small. I think it's going to actually plug in behind a TV and just, you know, sit there, hang there. I don't know if it's going to be an actual stick form factor. It might be more similar to the actual Chromecast uh, because, you know, with an actual like little cable stick out of it, you know, and, and dangling off the back of a TV. Um, again, this is all just my guess. Um, I do think this is going to be, uh, you know, competing mostly with the Chromecast Ultra, that, that newer Chromecast with the 4K and HDR capability. I think that's what this new device is being targeted towards. As far as pricing goes, obviously we have no idea what, what the pricing is going to be. I mean, the leak benchmark is not going to give that kind of information, and it's probably not going to be until the day this device launches before we know anything you know solid about the actual pricing it goes but looking at the market right now you've got that chromecast ultra and you've got the Mi box which basically has very similar guts to this new device both of those devices are selling for 69 dollars retail and so i would guess that amazon is going to undercut those uh even though these this device has pretty much identical specs to those because that's pretty much amazon's game you know they they aggressively price their products at near cost uh in hopes to later make money or make profit off of the actual content sales that occur through the device or if you if you do uh shopping on amazon through the device or through alexa you know that's that's basically how amazon markets these and so that's why i think it's going to definitely be priced below 69 dollars my my best guess would be at $59. Again, this is a complete guess on my part. I mean, it's just based on what's out there right now and what we know about how Amazon prices their products. Uh, they tend to have these the least expensive uh, type of product in its category. And so that's why I think definitely less than 69. 59 seems like a very nice sweet spot for a 4K HDR capable device. If it does come out at $59, it will be the cheapest 4K at 60 frames per second HDR mainstream device out there. And that's a very nice spot for Amazon to, to try to hit. As far as when this device is going to be released, again, we have no way of knowing for sure. We probably won't know until, you know, very close to when this thing's gonna come out or the date that Amazon actually announces it. But uh, based on the past, other than the very first Fire TV box, which was released in April 2014, every other Fire TV model has come out around the September, October, November time period. And so I would guess that Amazon is shooting for that time period with this new device. So if I had to guess right now, and I would say it's a pretty good guess that this new, you know, Fire TV end device is going to be released around the October time period this year, you know, October 2017, uh, give or take a month or so, you know, maybe we'll see an announcement and pre-orders come out in September and then it actually ships in October. Maybe we see an announcement in October. It actually ships in late October, early November. We don't know, but I think definitely before the holidays of this year, but nothing near like, you know, the next couple months or anything like that. I think it's going to be near that, you know, third or fourth quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter of this year, 2017. 
So that's pretty much it as far as what we know and what we probably can can decipher from this new Amazon Fire TV and device. Again, 4K at, at 60 frames per second and HDR. That's going to be uh, best in class as far as what Fire TV devices have right now. Uh, gaming aspects are going to be a little bit better than the Fire TV Stick 2, but probably right around that line. It's going to have a new Android 7.1 based operating system, most likely going to be called Fire OS 7. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail and whether that will come to older devices in a second here. In my opinion, this is going to be a new model, not a replacement to any of the existing models. I still think there is going to be a next generation Fire TV 3 device coming out. Don't know if it's going to come out alongside this one. That would make the most sense or a little bit after that one. I don't think we're going to get just this new Fire TV model this year. And then we have to wait until, you know, late 2018 for a Fire TV 3 to come out. That would be way too long because the Fire TV 2 is already on the older side. Um, you know, I don't think this thing can survive another holiday season. So hopefully we will see a Fire TV 3, an actual flagship Fire TV 3, in addition to this device, come out before the holiday season this year. But we have no way to know for sure. I haven't found anything about a Fire TV 3 yet. I'm definitely looking. I'm definitely digging. But uh, hopefully we do learn something before that just to kind of confirm that there will be uh, a device that kind of goes along with this other new end device. But again, we don't know for sure. Um, best guess is this is going to be right around that $59 price range, maybe less. Probably going to have a voice remote. Don't know anything about the voice remote at all. You know, don't know if it's going to be the same voice remote. Don't know if it's going to have new features or anything like that. But yeah, there you have it. That's the, that's the new Fire TV device that we're going to see hopefully sometime later this year. And definitely, uh, you know, keep it locked to AFTVnews.com where I'll try to uncover as much as I can about this device before Amazon actually reveals it. So moving on, now that we know there's definitely Android 7-based Fire TV OS in the works, and we know that from that leaked benchmark for the new you know, mystery Fire TV end device that we just finished talking about. Since there's obviously a new big update to Fire OS in the works, big question that a lot of people have and have already asked me is whether this new OS is going to come to existing devices. And so I wrote this little article. Of course, I will link it down below, just going through what we know, what has happened in the past with the Fire TV specifically, as far as, you know, major OS updates. Uh, I've also looked at what Amazon has done with their tablet line of devices, just because that, that line is a lot older and has gone through many more, uh, you know, update cycles, you know, major OS update cycles. So it kind of gives us a hint at what kind of support Amazon's going to have for existing devices when a big new OS is released. So looking at the past, the uh, Fire TV 1 was released in April 2014 with Fire OS 3, which was based on Android 4.2.2, I believe it was. Then the Fire TV 2 was released in October of 2015, so a little over a year later. And that got released with Fire OS 5, which was based on Android 5.1. And so now we're going to see this uh, new Android device, sorry, new Fire TV device released probably at the end of 2017 with this new Android 7.1 based OS. And so what Amazon did in the past when, because we really only got that one transition from Fire OS 3 to Fire OS 5 to go off of. So for those of you who are new to the site or new to the Fire TV world who weren't around back then when that happened, uh, basically what Amazon did was around mid 2015, right around June, I believe it was, they announced a developer preview or they announced Fire OS 5. They announced there's going to be a new Fire OS version. 
It's going to be based on Android 5.1 and they announced that they were going to release it and they announced that they were releasing a, a developer preview and a developer preview basically for those who don't know is where they allow developers or really anybody, I mean anybody can register as a developer but basically it's for developers and so anybody could register and register their device, you know, this was for tablets and Fire TVs, you know, also they could register their device with Amazon for the developer preview and then those devices would be updated to the new OS ahead of time, you know, it's kind of like a, a beta build of the OS essentially. And so you got early access. It's meant for developers to be able to test their apps on the new OS before the new OS goes live and basically breaks their, their apps. So that's basically what Amazon did. Uh, Mid-year 2015, they announced the new Fire OS update was going to come out later that year. They announced the developer preview for it so people could get it early and test out their apps. And then at you know near the end of that year, the actual OS came out. The new Fire OS 5 came out. Um, at the time when they did the whole developer preview and announcement of Fire OS 5, we did not know a Fire TV 2 was on the horizon. So we, you know we didn't even know there was a device there that was going to come out with Fire OS 5. You know installed at launch and but that is what ended up happening so most likely you know we don't know for sure but most likely later this year probably around mid-year we'll hear fire os 7 or you know most likely that's what's going to be called it's just because it's based on you know android 7.1 amazon will likely announce fire os 7 hopefully they'll do the same thing where they'll do a developer preview and existing fire tv models will be able to register and get a preview of that new uh, fire os 7 operating system and then now since uh, we're in a little bit of a different situation than last year or, or in 2015 we actually know there's a new fire tv device coming out that's likely going to launch with this new fire os 7 operating system um, so that's probably going to be the time frame. Now, which Fire TV devices, you know, first gen Fire TV box, first gen Fire TV stick, second gen Fire TV box, second gen Fire TV stick. We've got those four devices. The big question is which one of those is going to actually be compatible with the new OS, compatible with the developer preview and actually get updated to the, the new version. We have no way to know for sure, but I think at the very, very least, the Fire TV 2 box and the Fire TV Stick 2 will be updated to Fire OS 7, um, mainly because they need to update something to give developers a preview and a way to test their apps on some platform before this new Fire TV N device launches with Fire OS 7. And so if, for example, they decided they're just going to cut everybody off and old devices did not get updated to Fire OS 7, they were all going to stay on Fire OS 5, then that would mean that a new Fire TV model would be released with a new Fire OS version and no developer would be able to test their apps ahead of time. And basically that device would launch and it would just be chaos and apps would break because developers never got to test Fire TV apps on Fire OS 7 ahead of time. So that's obviously not going to happen. So that's why at the very least, some of the old devices are going to have to be updated to Fire OS 7. And definitely because the Fire TV 2 and the Fire TV Stick 2, those are the two newest devices. Those are the perfect contenders. Uh, I don't think it's just going to be one of those because that doesn't make much sense. Um, you kind of want to be able to test your apps on both the stick because that's a weaker device and the Fire TV box because that's a more powerful device. And so it makes sense for those two, you know, to have one of each class at the very, very least get updated to Fire OS 7. So, you know, those of you who have second gen devices, I would say, you know, rest assured your device is, you know, 99% in my opinion, going to be updated to Fire OS 7 at some point. 
Now, the bigger question is obviously first-generation devices. So first-generation Fire TV is now coming on about three years old. Uh, first-generation Fire TV stick will be three years old, probably right around when Fire OS uh, 7 is released, you know, if it is, does happen later this year around that October time period. In my opinion, based on what Amazon has done in the past and based on Amazon's incentive, uh, which I'll talk about in a second, I think all of the Fire TV devices, including the first generation box and stick, are going to be updated to Fire OS 7. Um, the only reason why I could see them not being updated, and this, this is more so for the Fire TV stick, is if for whatever reason, Fire OS 7 is a, a bigger, heftier OS, meaning it needs more raw CPU horsepower. And that Fire TV stick, that first-gen stick, is fairly weak compared to all of the other boxes, all of the other devices. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think Fire OS 7 is going to be a big, heavy, bogged-down OS. I think it's going to probably be able to run on an older device, a weaker device like the Fire TV Stick first generation. So um, I do think that all the devices will be updated. That's my opinion. Obviously, I don't know for sure. I don't have any facts to go off of. So one of the reasons why I think the first generation devices will be updated to Fire OS 5 is that incentive that I talked about. So Amazon's business model, which I've, I've mentioned before, which I mentioned when I was talking about the, the new AFTV end device, uh, their business model with most of their hardware is to price their hardware as aggressively as possible to try to get it into as many hands as possible and then try to make a profit off of what people do with the device as opposed to actually making a profit off of purchasing the device itself. Uh, a company like Apple, for example, it's the opposite where they make the vast majority of their profit off of the actual sale of the hardware. So if it costs them $300 to make, they're going to sell it for $600 plus usually. Whereas Amazon, if it costs them $300 to make, they're going to try to sell it for $350, for example, you know, just to cover a, a little bit of a gap there. They're, you know, they're not going to sell it at a loss. They're definitely going to cover their marketing and all of that stuff. So it's not, you know, completely exactly what it costs to make, but it's pretty close. And we know this for a fact because... Back when the Fire TV 1 came out, a well-known analytic company basically took the Fire TV, broke it down, basically priced out every single component. And that device, the Fire TV 1, which was sold for $99 at the time, I think the pricing for every single component for, for Amazon to buy it and make would cost roughly $92. So we already know just from that you know professional analysis of that initial hardware that that's kind of Amazon's game plan. And I think that's the case with all of their devices you know since then and on so going back to that incentive aspect so it is in amazon's best interest that once you have purchased the device that they keep you using that device because the longer you use it the more you keep using it the more profit they have to make or the more potential profit they have to make on that device they didn't make much money off of you just purchasing it and so that, this is why actually the whole uh, cody and uh, launcher apps is an issue for amazon because if you buy a fire tv stick and then remove the launcher on it and only use Kodi, for example, never use any of Amazon's services, never use Amazon's features like Alexa and that sort of stuff. Amazon has absolutely no way to make any money off of it. And basically it was a loss to sell you that device almost. You know, they, if they break even, it's essentially a loss because they put an effort to develop it, to manufacture it, and then to sell it. And so if they're just breaking even, that's as good as a loss for them. So they want these existing devices, these existing Fire TV first generation and you know stick and box devices to stay functional for people to keep using them they don't want them to to get bogged down or stop 
you know, being compatible with future apps. And that's the biggest reason to update the OS from uh, like an Android 5 based OS to an Android 7 based OS is because um, with that update, new features are available for developers to take advantage of in the operating system and future apps will start to rely on those new features. And so if your device does not get updated to the newer OS, it will stop being compatible with future versions of something like Netflix and HBO and that sort of stuff. And so it's it's in Amazon's advantage to keep you happy and keep you using that device for as long as possible because if you stop using it, you're potentially not going to replace it with an Amazon device or you're not going to replace it at all. You're just going to basically knock off and not be a potential profit you know, point for Amazon. And so that's why I think it's in their best interest to try to get all of their devices always updated to the latest version as long as that hardware can run the new OS, you know, smoothly, uh, you know, run it well without actually, you know, degrading the user experience. The other reason why I think that those first generation Fire TV and Fire TV Stick devices will be updated is I did look back at what has happened in the Fire tablet uh, market, basically. And so from what I could figure out, it looks like the oldest device or the oldest generation Fire tablet that received the Android 5 based or Fire OS 5 OS update was I believe manufactured or sold in 2012. And so that update came in 2015. And so that was a three, three plus year gap from when that was sold to when it actually received the new OS version. And so the Fire TV One and the Fire TV Stick One, they're right around that same time frame, that three year, you know, a little bit over three year mark from when they were sold to when Fire OS 7 is probably expected to come out. So since they kind of qualify the same way those, those Fire TV tablets kind of fell into that three-year mark. That's why I think that those Fire TV One and Fire TV Stick One are, uh, you know, in the running. Basically, if if that three-year, three to four-year mark is kind of the cutoff, uh, the Fire TV kind of just basically edges barely edges out uh, Fire TV Stick more so because that's a, a newer device. So yeah, that's basically my opinion on, on where we kind of stand as far as Fire OS 7. Uh, probably going to have a developer preview sometime mid-year. It's probably going to come to all of the devices, in my opinion, at the very, very least second-gen devices, but most likely, again, just in my opinion, on the Fire TV 1 and Fire TV Stick 1 also. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see and we'll have to wait. Obviously, I will keep a, a good eye on this stuff when, when the developer preview comes out. Hopefully, if it comes out, I'll be getting it. I'll be trying it all on all the devices and reporting back on everything you need to know about that, of course. So, so definitely keep it locked on AFTVnews.com. All right, moving along. Next topic I want to talk about is... Uh, Probably the Amazon App Store and the Amazon Fire TV devices are going to be launching in India very soon. Uh, I reported about this, uh, I don't remember when it was, maybe end of last year, early this year, somewhere around there where I actually discovered that uh, Amazon.in, which is Amazon's India website, Amazon.in slash Fire TV actually was set and redirecting to a, a disabled product page, essentially. And so that was kind of the first hint that, you know, Amazon India, India or India in general is probably going to be the next market where Fire TV devices are sold. And currently, Amazon India does not have their own app store. Uh, they can access the U.S. app store. And if you go to Amazon India site and, and go to the app store section of that site, it basically just redirects you to Amazon.com. And so if the Fire TV does launch in India, it's going to have to have the Amazon India app store also be launching at the same time. But now just recently this week, I, I discovered that these two new apps, uh, Voot and Voot Kids, uh, 
launched basically for the Fire TV, but I'm calling these orphaned apps because even though these apps have launched, they're in the Amazon App Store. They have Fire TV compatibility. They're clearly Fire TV apps. They are orphaned in the sense that they are geographically restricted and not available in the four areas where the Fire TV is sold. So US, UK, Germany, and Japan, those are the four areas that Fire TV is available. And these new Fire TV apps are not available in any of those four areas. So you know, where, what's the point of these apps, you know, so it's pretty obvious to me that these apps are being released ahead of time in, in preparation for the actual Fire TV launching in India. And these apps are going to be geographically restricted in India. And so that's probably the case, you know, that's a quick little update for those who care about, you know, getting the Fire TV in India. I think it's going to come don't know exactly when, but, you know, we've seen actually this exact, uh, you know, uh, chain of events happen when uh, just before the Fire TV launched in Germany, uh, we saw a whole bunch of German based Fire TV apps released that were geographically restricted to only in Germany. And this was before the Fire TV was available in Germany. So it was pretty obvious these apps were coming out ahead of time of that Fire TV launch. And so basically, and then that turned out to be true just shortly after I discovered those German apps reported about them, Fire TV was announced, uh, you know, available in Germany for the first time. And so I think this is just happening again, you know, repeating history here. So we've got these Indian based streaming apps. Uh, the, oh, by the way, for those who probably don't know, which is everybody, uh, Voot and Voot Kids, it's a streaming service. It's a very popular streaming service that is available in India, you know, according to my little research that I did. And so it looks like uh, these are going to be some of the uh, like launch partners for the Fire TV uh, in India. And so we'll probably see the Fire TV, probably the Fire TV stick as well. Maybe just the Fire TV stick. I don't know, since that, that, that device tends to do better overseas than the Fire TV box. And so I think we'll, we'll see, I don't know, maybe in the next month or so, within a month or so, we'll probably see Fire TV announced in India. All right, next up, getting into some app news. Uh, Kodi released a new version this week, Kodi uh, version 17.1. Uh, this is mostly a bug fix version for version Kodi 17 that uh, was released about a month ago or so, I think it was. So version 17 was a big update for Kodi from the previous 16.1 version. Uh, they completely changed the interface. They're running with a new theme now. And so they introduced a lot of bugs with that new version because it was such a massive update to, to Kodi itself. And so now they've basically just since then, I think have just been hunkering down, concentrating on fixing up a whole bunch of bugs. And now they finally released the, the official final version of 17.1. So any of you who have installed version 17 of Kodi on your device, strongly recommended that you install version 17.1. It'll probably fix a bunch of bugs that you may have experienced there. As always, the easiest way to install Kodi on the Fire TV and even this updated 17.1 version is to use my downloader app. Uh, it You can get it from the Fire TV's app store if you already have Kodi installed or if you don't, it works just the same. Uh, all you have to do, I already set up a short URL. I'll put that in the description down below. But for those of you who can jot it down or can remember it, it's pretty simple. It basically just load up my downloader app, which you can get from the Fire TV's official app store and enter bit.ly slash Cody 171. Uh, that's all lowercase. Uh, and just basically load up the downloader app, punch that into the URL, hit the download button, the app will do all the rest. Basically, it'll download the file that it needs, start the install. You can approve the install, and then it'll just either install if you don't have Kodi installed, or it'll update over the existing version of Kodi. So it should be smooth sailing there. Uh, for those who need a little more detailed instructions, I do have my my full on guide. You can find that link down below also. 
All right, next up in app news is actually an app deal. So there's this app called Mesmo, um, little known app, but it's actually pretty nice. It's a media player, so it's kind of a an equivalent to Kodi or Plex or an alternative to Kodi or Plex. Um, probably the third biggest you know media player app available for the Fire TV. I'm not not quite sure completely if that's true or not. You know, just because Kodi and Plex are just such massive, you know, overpowering apps there. Um, not sure what the uh, third place app would be. But basically, Mesmo is a media player. Uh, it's a DLNA UPnP player similar to Plex where it relies on streaming that content from a server or a PC uh, as opposed to actually, you know, playing the content locally on the device itself. The app is normally $4.80. It is on sale right now for $1.49. If you're interested, of course, I'll have a link down below to where you can pick it up for the sale price. Uh, because it is a DLNA UPnP uh, compatible player, that basically means if you already have a Plex server set up, you can install this app and basically just point it at your Plex server and you'll be up and running. It'll display all the nice artwork for you, you know, just as you would expect. And you can play all your files streamed that way from your Plex server. So if for whatever reason you're looking for an alternative to the official Plex app on the Fire TV, you might want to give Mesmo a try. Uh, you don't have to take my word for it, thankfully, because they have a trial version that's completely for free. So I'll put a link, of course, down below to that trial version. It is a full-fledged app that you can use, I believe, for a for 15 days before it expires. So it'll give you a good feel of whether Mesmo is a good fit for you and your your little you know media home theater setup. Uh, I'm not too familiar with Mesmo, but as far as I know, they don't rely on any kind of subscription model like Plex does. You're literally just buying the apps, and that's that's the only thing you ever have to pay. You know, the app is full-fledged, full-featured. You just basically buy the app for this 149 sale price, and you're good to go, and you can use it forever, basically, or as long as it keeps working. So so that's a good thing there. Alright, moving on. Next app I want to talk about, another deal here is a, a game called Black Mountain Run. It's a game usually costs $1.99. It's currently available for free. Uh, it's the first time this game has ever been available for free. It's kind of like an endless runner where you're basically running down a hill essentially. There's something chasing you and you're trying to you're trying to collect fireflies to get points and keep going. So it's a fairly simple game, but hey, it's available for free. So if you are interested in trying it out, it's available for all Fire TV models, stick and, and box and new and old. Works with the game controller or with the Fire TV remote. Uh, look down below, of course, for a link to pick this up for free. Alright, last up, before we get into the Q&A section, I did want to mention that Amazon has added two brand new devices, two brand new phones to their Prime Exclusive Phones lineup. Uh, for those who don't know, Prime Exclusive Phones are basically the uh, uh, phones that Amazon works with the manufacturer with to actually sell these phones uh, to Prime members only, basically. And uh, they sell them at a discount, usually right around like $40 to $50 less than what you would normally pay for the phones uh, in exchange for that discount basically they preload the phones with amazon apps um you know amazon video kindle amazon shopping those kind of apps you know just the the regular apps that you would get from you know the android app store basically and these phones have uh, amazon ads on their lock screens um so their first phones were the motorola g4 i believe it was and the uh, blue r1 hd those were the first ones that came out i believe about a year ago and so now amazon has added these two new phones uh first one is the brand new motorola g5 plus uh this phone just got announced a few weeks ago it's going to come out at the end of the month you can pre-order it it normally sells for 229.99 for the 32 gigabyte version the prime exclusive price is 184.99 so that's what is it 45 or so dollars off of the regular price you know so that's what you're getting so 
you'll save $45, but you'll get those lock screen ads and those preloaded apps on the device. Um, I did buy the uh, old blue R1 HD and messed with it, and I kind of use it as a secondary phone whenever I don't want to take my, my main phone somewhere or I'm worried about my main phone. And it's pretty good phone. I mean, it's pretty good device. Amazon doesn't really do much to bog down the system, thankfully. It's literally just that lock screen, and you can just swipe it away. The ads appear. Swipe it away to unlock as usual. And there's really no other bloat nor nothing else there other than just the standard Amazon apps that, you know, personally, I usually install anyway, like the shopping app, the Kindle app, the video app, the music app. I mean, I personally like all of Amazon stuff, and so I, I install those. So there's nothing really big there, and it's, it's usually a fairly clean OS, you know, apart from those Amazon apps. The Motorola G5 Plus is also available in a 64 gigabyte version for $239.99. That actually saves you $60 off of the regular price of that phone. In my opinion, that's a little bit better. I mean, you're paying about $55 to get that double storage, which, you know, with other phones, something like the iPhone, you're usually paying $100 to double that storage. So a uh, pretty decent deal there. You know, if I were to pick up one of these, it'd probably be that one. Uh, and the other phone that they're selling is an Al Alcatel A3. 30 that's more of a budget phone normally priced 99.99 but with the whole prime exclusive deal you're getting it for 59.99 a savings of unfortunately only 40 dollars there so you're not saving too much but there's not as much you know leverage there's not as much uh, wiggle room there i think with these really low budget phones so i mean for 60 bucks you're getting a brand new phone um oh i i will mention the motorola phone the g5 is compatible it's 4g compatible with all you know carriers all major u.s carriers at&t t-mobile Sprint Verizon. Um, it's a pretty pretty heavy duty phone. It's a two gigahertz uh, octa-core phone. I think two gigs two gigabytes of RAM. Uh, we already said 32 gigabytes internal storage or 64 and uh, HD screen. I believe 1080p screen. So it's a pretty nice heavy duty phone. You know, like you know top top spec phone. Uh, this Alcatel one a lot weaker there. I, I don't know the exact specs and I'm not too familiar with Alcatel, so I can't necessarily recommend that one. Uh, just because you know again I haven't had any experience. I've had experience with Motorola phones and they're they tend to be good phones good reviewed phones so i expect that a g5 to be a great phone um, the Alcatel is available in a GSM and a CDM, CDMA version. CDMA is for Verizon. Uh, GSM is for AT&T and T-Mobile. So be sure you're, you're buying that right one if you're interested in those. Uh, of course, I'll put a link down below to each of these phones and a lot more info on them. So definitely check that out if you're interested in these. All right, let's move on to the Q&A section. As always, I put a post up on Thursdays on the site asking people to submit questions and topics for me to try to discuss here on the episode. I also take questions live via Twitter at AFTV News uh, during the live stream. So if anybody's watching live, feel free to chime in with your questions there. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into things. All right, first question here is from Will G asking if a Voodoo app is going to come to the Fire TV. Uh, Will also is linking to an XDA forum post uh, basically about the uh, Voodoo app app for Android being compatible with the Fire TV 2 if you sideload it. Uh, I did look at that post uh, previously, or I've seen that post. Um, I am planning to look into it, trying it out myself. I might write an article about this because in the past, the Voodoo apps have not been able to sideload and work on the Fire TV. So it looks like something about this latest version is compatible with the Fire TV. So uh, I don't know if there's going to be a Voodoo app. Hopefully there is. Uh, I don't think Amazon is doing anything to stop it. I think it's all in Voodoo's hands. Um, you know, there's plenty of other streaming services available. Um, I think Voodoo itself chooses not to put an app on the Fire TV because it would strengthen the Fire TV. 
and Amazon in you know in that regard. And so Voodoo and Amazon are basically buddy heads. They're basically big competitors uh, with you know selling movies and that sort of stuff because they're they don't have compatibility with each other. And so hopefully the fact that this new Android app is compatible with the Fire TV means there will be uh, a Voodoo app for the Fire TV release soon. Um, I don't know. Uh, try contacting Voodoo. I mean definitely if enough people tell Voodoo they want a Fire TV app, hopefully it will come. Uh, but I will be looking into this uh, Voodoo app and sideloading it and seeing if that works. Next question is from Rex. He says he's getting uh, twice as many articles in his RSS feed from my site than he used to. Uh, I don't know. I haven't I haven't changed anything on my side. Um, if other people are experiencing the same thing, please let me know. I'll definitely look into it. But my best guess is something about the RSS reader itself is is causing the uh, double double uh, articles to show up um, i'll definitely look into it uh, but you know uh, let me know if there's anybody else having the same problem uh, next question is from hey now asking any plans on making a new tutorial for getting google services installed on the fire tv uh, no real plans right now mostly because every time i i update my article or create a new article about getting google services like the google play store installed on the fire tv something basically changes on google side and and it breaks compatibility and it takes a lot to to try to figure out how to fix it if you can even fix it a lot of times it takes a while to, for people to be able to figure out what's wrong and how to fix it so it's not something I like to keep updated just because it breaks so often. I do like to look back at my older guides, my older popular guides to try to keep them updated. And the Google Play Store is one of those. So when I do have time, I always look, go back, look at those guides, see if they need updating, see if they can be refreshed. And so that one is definitely in the lineup of, of those that I like to check up on. Next question is from Javon Moore. Uh, first, he's asking about being able to launch apps on first-gen Fire TVs using Alexa. Um, he's asking when is that update going to come for that? I believe you can already do that. Um, I think it was back uh, version 5.2.1.0, I believe it was. That's the update that basically added uh, Alexa's ability to launch apps on the Fire TV. And I mean, I'm kind of second guessing myself, but I was almost positive it was on all devices, you know, first gen and second gen. Um, I'll have to check back on that, but um, you sh you know, check your software version, see if you're on 5.2.1.0. If you're not on that version and your Fire TV is not being updated, definitely contact Amazon. There's probably something wrong there. Usually the customer service will, will escalate the request to somebody in the actual Fire TV department and they'll be able to basically get your Fire TV serial number and get it updated if for whatever reason it's stuck and not updating. Javin Moore also asked if there's any updates to when the new UI is going to come to the first gen devices. Uh, there is not. Amazon has still not said any Thing other than it is coming so we don't know whether it's going to be you know next week or next month or or when exactly but just gotta sit patiently it's going to come all the first gen devices are going to receive the new interface at some point in the future next question here is from dennis dragor he says uh, one of his fire tv boxes after it boots up it displays the logo and then just a black screen he's wondering what's going on and if there's anything he can do uh, since Dennis says that he's only had this this box for a little over a month, um, I'm obviously one thing you can do is contact Amazon's customer support. They're pretty good at replacing uh, defective or swapped out you know devices for you for free. And so if you're willing to do that, I would say definitely go that route. Um, the other thing you could do is there's a, you know if the device is actually booting into the OS, but there's just something wrong with the the screen being displayed. Um, I'll put a link down below to Amazon's troubleshooting page. 
In there, there are uh, a couple different key combinations or button combinations on the Fire TV remote that you can try. I forget the exact combination of buttons off the top of my head, but uh, the two main ones that, that you can try or that you should try are one will cycle through resolution options. So it's possible the box itself has entered a resolution mode that is incompatible with your television. And so when you hit the right co button combination, the Fire TV will by itself start to cycle through different resolutions. And when you actually see the picture, you press a button and it locks it on that. That's probably the most likely thing that's happening here while you're just seeing a black screen after that Amazon logo. Uh, the other button combination you can try basically resets the Fire TV, basically does a factory reset. And so if there's any issue there with the device or with settings or anything, the factory reset should do it. So again, it's a button combination. You hold two buttons. I, f I forget them off the, off the top of my head, but you just hold two buttons on the remote. You know, after it goes black, you basically just hold them for 10 seconds and hope for the best. And you know, you, you should see the device restart itself if you if you held them correctly. So I'll put a link down below to the troubleshooting page. That page will have the exact button combos you'll press. Uh, again, look for the resolution switching button combo and look for the factory resetting button combo. You should try both of those. All right, next question here is from AFTV user. He is thankfully reminding me of something I promised I would do and I did, but I totally forgot to write about. Uh, AFTV user about, I think, two episodes ago asked about uh, upgrading from Kodi 16.1 to Kodi 17.1 and whether there were any directory issues or conflicts with that update. Um, or specifically related to uh, if you had Kodi uh, 16.1 installed and you had moved your files to external storage, whether updating to 17.1 would cause any issues, whether you had to move them back and then upgrade or, or if you could just upgrade. Um, as I promised uh, AFTV user back then, but totally forgot to talk about it in last week's episode, uh, I did do a bunch of testing on this topic. And um, I'm, I'm happy and sorry to say that everything worked perfectly on my end. So I took a, a fresh Fire TV box. I installed Kodi 16.1. I, I basically imported my media files and library into it. So I had a, a good 16.1 Kodi running with a massive library there. I then just updated to 17.1 just through my downloader app even just because I wanted to be as dumb and simple as possible. I updated 17.1 and everything seemed working, seemed to work fine. Library was intact. All my, you know, even my, uh, my progress within each episode was still present in 17.1. So the transition there was perfectly smooth on my end during my testing. So I then reset the device, uninstalled Kodi, deleted the database, uh, installed Kodi 16.1 again, uh, imported my database again, you know, locally, internally on the device. I then used my guide that I have, which I'll link down below for those interested. I moved Cody's data while it was running 16.1 onto external storage. Everything was working fine as expected. I then updated to Cody 17.1 while my data was on external storage. Everything updated fine. The data remained on external storage. It was intact. Again, everything worked. So uh, I don't know why your update from to Krypton on Windows 10 did not go smoothly. Mine was fine. Um, I don't do anything fancy with Kodi. You know, I literally just import my media from a network storage device 
and I have Cody just basically scan the media and create the library. I don't use add-ons. I don't use plugins. I don't. I don't do anything odd and weird with it. So I don't know if that's related to why you had bad experience. But as far as the Fire TV is concerned, and as far as my testing goes, I, I was trying to do it, be as thorough as I can to try to see where it might fault. But it looked like everything I could try. Upgrading from 16.1, 17.1 went smoothly for me, uh, whether that data for Cody was on internal storage or on external storage. So so there's that update there for you. Everything went fine. I mean, AFTV user, I would say go for it. Back up your data, of course, if you're concerned. Uh, it's very easy to do. You just go to slash SD card slash Android slash data and just back up that entire, you know, org.xbmc.cody folder. Um, back up the entire thing it's you know depending on your your database size it might be up to a gigabyte or more but back it up store it somewhere so that if everything goes if something goes wrong you can always just wipe everything reinstall 16.1 put that directory file back in there that you backed up and you should be back to the way you were before trying anything so so yeah that's that <laughs> Our right, next question here is from Zoplit uh, saying they purchased a Fire TV stick from Amazon's Germany site and plan to use it in Bulgaria and are wondering if there's going to be any issues, whether they're going to be able to access the Amazon App Store in Bulgaria and whether streaming services like HBO Go, Netflix, Prime Video, Spotify will work in Bulgaria. Uh, this is a very tough question for me to answer just because I have no zero experience on using Fire TV devices outside of the United States or at least outside of the country they were intended to be used in. I can only go off of what I've read. Um, you will probably have issues for sure. I mean, that's why there's a lot of people who use VPNs on Fire TV devices basically to get around issues like this. Um, you will probably have to use your Amazon Germany site logged into your Fire TV device to get to the Amazon App Store and install any of those apps. I don't know if actually using it in Bulgaria will have any issues trying to get those apps installed. Um, it might, um, but I would expect you absolutely have issues streaming those services from Bulgaria just because the Fire TV device itself is not intended to be used outside of those countries or those, you know, that it's sold in. Um, it might work. Some services might work. Some might not. It's really going to depend on the service itself, how strict they are about, you know, geolocation and, and blocking and all that stuff. Um, sorry, I don't have a better answer there. Again, I've never myself, you know, I live in the U.S. I've never used the Fire TV device outside of the U.S. Our next question here is actually from Twitter by Josh G asking, why are the new models less powerful than the Fire TV one? I assume Josh G is talking about the new uh, leak that I, I posted about the AFTV N device. Um, like I mentioned there, the actual CPU and the GPU uh, raw horsepower have nothing really to do with the video playback capabilities of the device. So just because if you run the device through a benchmark, it scores less than something like the Fire TV Box 1, that does not mean that it's not going to be able to play video files better than the Fire TV Box 1, in which, which this new device definitely will be able to. It'll be able to play 4K, whereas the Box 1 was a 10K or a 1080p device. If you're asking why is the raw horsepower just weaker than the Fire TV Box 1, uh, that's because, like I said, I believe this new end device is going to be more so related to the Fire TV Stick line. And in that sense, it will be more powerful than the Fire TV Stick line. And so if it is a dongle device that plugs into the back of a TV, it's not meant to be a, a heavy-duty gaming device, but it will be have better gaming capabilities than every other dongle Fire TV Stick device that has come out before it. So, so this is why that device is weaker than the Fire TV boxes, but 
more powerful than your Fire TV sticks. All right, that will conclude the 75th episode of the AFTV Newscast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for sticking around this long if you have. Uh, I don't have a teaser for you for, for next week or anything like that. Uh, but if you uh, did enjoy this episode, which I hope you did, uh, please hit that like button. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash AFTV News. I really appreciate those. Uh, hopefully planning to have some videos come out relatively soon on that YouTube channel. So you'll want to subscribe there if you do enjoy my content, which I assume you do if you're sticking around to the very end of this podcast episode. Of course, I also release the podcast in audio format. So if you're you're driving along somewhere, if you're going for a walk or something where you can only listen, you cannot watch, uh, you can go to all the usual sources, uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music. They, they all have a way to subscribe to my podcast and any podcast client. You can just uh, punch in AFTV Newscast in the search there and you'll probably be able to find in a subscribe there also uh thank you for sticking around this long i plan to have an episode next week but there is a slight chance i'll have to skip next week's episode thank you so much though for watching for sticking around for for you know subscribing if you are subscribed and hopefully i will see you next week 